Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Talking about experiencing God's presence through community, and I want to pray before I do this morning. Holy Spirit, uh, Lord, you, you know the week that we've had, um, and this morning, Lord, I just ask you that you would speak to your wonderful church today, your be- beautiful body, the church in Shell Harbor here, Shell Harbor Community Church. Thank you for this faithful church. I pray this morning that you would use me to speak to the heart of your people this morning. I, I pray for hope. I pray that you would challenge us, you would inspire us, Lord. And I pray, Lord, as we gather to worship you at the end of this message today, that Holy Spirit, you would come and minister to us and release us into a greater depth of understanding what you want to do through our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. And I was just like most of us this morning, and I think I heard... Uh, I heard Michael just saying in his prayer, talking about the, the trials that we're facing as a world today. And I was just overwhelmed this week um, when we discovered what took place in Nice and just thought about the incredible, incredible, incredible darkness that's on the planet today. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I've never lived in a time where, we, where, where, where we're seeing such, such hateful, uh, such, such evilness on the planet today. I mean, a man jumping in a truck and driving more than two kilometers over men, women, and children, and, and old people. I mean, I, I just, for the life of me, I just don't know how we've come to such a place today. And the reality is, the world is in such a, a dark place today. Uh, we see so many dark things happening. But, you know, during the week, I was just encouraged thinking about, you know, the fact that, yes, there's all this dark stuff that's happening in the world, but the reality is that God still has a plan. In fact, the words that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, 18 are still as true today when he said them those 2,000 years ago as to what he would be saying today. And it's this, that I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I believe more than ever before that God is in the business and in the purpose right now of building his church. In fact, at times we feel overwhelmed by the evil that we see in the world and the darkness that we see in the world. But I want to declare today that there's a mighty light that's happening in the world today. His name's Jesus Christ, amen. And he today is the same yesterday, today and forever. He's still touching lives. He's still transforming people. He's still healing people. He's still bringing miracles into broken people's lives. He's still saving sinners, amen. He's the same that he was 2,000 years ago and he's the same today and he's moving in this planet. Amen. He's moving in this planet. He's moving in this time. And, you know, last week we were at the international conference, the week before last on the, the Gold Coast there. That was a really hard gig to take as pastors. Amen. On the Gold Coast there, just the beach and the whole thing. It was really, really cool. But one of the speakers, Ashley Schmierer, who's the international chairman, international president of INC uh, around the globe, International Networks Churches, he was talking about how God's moving in so many places. He spoke about India and uh, one of the pastors there, a man called Randeep Matthews, who now is overseeing a network of churches with, which, with a total of over 300,000 members in the church that he has. He started, uh, I think it was about 15 years ago, and the, popul- the Christian population in the, uh, the, the, the area of India that he was in was less than 1%. Now it's over 10%. Amen? God's moving so powerfully that sometimes we don't realize what God's doing through the church today. In fact, he went on to talk about um, his friends in, in Egypt, and he talked about a pastor there, Pastor 
uh, Pastor Frackery, I think his name is. And this pastor is seeing thousands and thousands of Muslims being converted to Christianity. He says that there is such a hunger in the heart of people for truth and such a hunger in the heart of people for life that he has never lived in a time now in Egypt of all places that he is seeing so many people come to faith. Amen. We were speaking with uh, another gentleman. Uh, his name is Mark Ramsey. And Mark Ramsey's a great pastor of the City Point Church in uh, Brisbane there. And he said in one of his sessions, and it really just captured my heart because sometimes you get just overwhelmed with all that you see. But he said that they are seeing thousands and thousands of Muslim Im immigrants that, that were coming from the Middle East. Remember the wave of Muslim immigrants that were coming from the Middle East into Europe? Remember that? That's been happening and continue to happen. And they now are seeing across Europe in the churches thousands of Muslims coming to faith in Jesus Christ. So much so that many of the churches today are calling out to missionary groups like YWAM to send people over to the churches in Europe to assist them in discipling these new converts to Christianity. Amen. Sometimes we can get overwhelmed with the darkness, but I'm so encouraged today that God is moving so powerfully. I read an article, oh I'm preaching, I read an article just yesterday and it was a great article on the church in China. Amen. You know, the church in China faces so much persecution. The church in China, so many martyrs have, have spilt their blood in that great nation of China. But you know, they're saying today that China is on track to have the most or the largest Christian population in the world by 2030. Would you believe that today? That in China, in the midst of such great persecution, you can Google it and find it yourself, that in the midst of such great persecution and such hardship towards the church, that China's going to end up having the greatest, greatest and largest Christian population by the year 2030. I mean, I don't know about you, but I hear things like that, and it stirs my heart to continue to believe God, that God is going to do even greater things in our great nation. In fact, I believe this, that even though there might be a lot of apathy in the church, even though there might be people that are twiddling their thumbs rather than getting off their bums and doing something for God, amen, that God's in the process and gearing up, I believe, to send a mighty revival, a mighty waves of revival across Australia. Australia, across the churches in Australia, that's going to invigorate and stir the church to mission again. We're not here just to come to church on Sunday and have a party. We're not here. We, we weren't given breath. We weren't saved. We weren't forgiven. We weren't washed in the blood, the precious blood of Jesus Christ, just to come here on Sundays and have a kumbaya time together and feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit and get all goosebumpy and stuff like that. I want to say this this morning. If the Holy Spirit comes upon us, He comes upon us for one reason and one reason only, to encourage us in the mission of reaching the world, reaching the lost. That's why the Holy Spirit comes and falls upon us. I love that. When he comes in his glory and he comes in his power, he comes to encourage us and we get all, all invigorated and we, we feel the presence of God. But there's a purpose to that. It's stirring our hearts to a mission. And I believe that God's preparing the church in Australia for even greater days. I'm believing God today, and I know that there are so many others as well that have a sense that God is moving. Even in the midst of the great darkness that we see today, that God is in the process of pouring out His Spirit in such great power on the church today. As we gear ourselves up, as we get our hearts hungry, as we start to position ourselves, as we start to desire more of God, then I believe that God will meet us at our point of desire. Amen. And I love this scripture this morning. We spoke about the glory of God a few weeks ago. 
In the scripture here, Isaiah 60, verse 2, I take great heart in it this morning because it says this, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Don't you love that this morning? Do you want the glory of God to be seen upon you this morning? I want the glory of God to be seen upon me. Amen? I want the presence of Jesus to shine through me. We looked at that word there, that word glory. It's the Hebrew word, the Old Testament word for weight, kabod. That's the, the, the word, but the definition of the word kabod means weight. It's talking about the weightiness of God, the presence of God. And I love it there. Look at it again. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth. Is there any darkness out there today? Come on. If you're not overwhelmed with what you're seeing, then you're not, you haven't got your TV turned on. You know, the, the, every day, I know Peter Pilt, uh, my wife was telling, Rachel was telling me yesterday, he put a, a blog up there about the thousands of people that have died over the last few months to terrorism. Everywhere, it's happening everywhere. Innocent people. Darkness covering the earth, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. I believe that even in this darkness, even in this dark time, God's plan is for his church to shine and for it to shine brightly. Amen? To be shining and shining brightly. So just a few little things. I'm going to run out of time really, really quickly. How do we remain strong in faith in the midst of the darkness that we see? First thought is this. We need to continually encounter the presence of God through worship. This is about desire. It's about us encouraging a hunger within ourselves that we want more of God. We are so hungry for the presence of God. I was reading the devotional this morning by Rick Warren. And he just talked about the importance that we have, that if we really want to hear from God, then we really need to be hungry for God. If we really want to know God's plan for our life, then we really need to have a desperate heart for God. We need to be like David that said, As a deer panteth for the water, so my soul longs after you. Amen. Our God, the God we serve, is a God of relationship. The God that we serve is a God that wants us to know Him and for us for Him to know us, amen, in such an intimate and a real way. In fact, in the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at the journey of the children of Israel out of their place of slavery into the land of the promised land. But what we discovered in Exodus chapter 24 through to 26 is that God didn't bring them out of slavery just to plop them in a promised land. God brought them out of slavery to bring them to Himself. You see, you got saved and I got saved, not so that we could just go to heaven. That's great. That's a good bonus. Amen. Anyone think that's a bonus? That's a little bit of a perk, yeah? A bit of an you know, extra thing. But no, God saved us not just to save us from our sin. God saved us so that he could bring us to himself. Because God is a God of relationship. The God that we serve is a real God. He's tangible. His presence is tangible. His anointing is tangible. His glory is tangible. But there must be a desire within us to want to have more of His presence in our lives. So how do we remain strong in faith in the midst of darkness we see? We need to continually encounter the presence of God through worship. It's about our hunger and it's about our desire. Amen. Crying out to God with a desperate heart. Oh, God, bring back the times and the seasons in our lives and in the churches across Australia where we are so desperate that we're committed to praying morning and night to see your will come. 
that we are so stirred in our hearts that, God, if people aren't being saved, we are crying out to you. That, God, if your spirit is not moving, God, we are so, so desperate to see you move. I think the problem today that we face is that we are so comfortable as people. We're so comfortable, aren't we? Anyone hungry this morning? No, I mean food-wise. Thanks, Keith. You probably had a great breakfast this morning, yeah? You're probably thinking, Shane, hurry up and finish up because we've got a duck on the, the stove. We had duck last night for dinner. That was awesome, Peking duck. It didn't quite work out Peking, but anyway. It was duck. But, you know, we are so comfortable, and I think that comfort that we have can, can, can quench and can diminish and can rob and can strangle you know, Jesus talked about the, one of the parables there, how the word comes and the, and the deceitfulness and the worries and the, and the lust of life can get around and choke the seed out so it doesn't grow. And I think that, that so many times the, the hunger that we are meant to have. Remember when you first got born again? No one had to say to you, you know, come to a prayer meeting or come to church. I mean, there was just such a hunger in your heart, wasn't there? But have we found as we've gotten a little bit older a long time and as time progresses, what we find is that we, we start to lose that hunger because we start to, we get it down pat. You know, we know a bit of the word. Hey, things are going okay and da-da-da-da-da. But I believe that we need to get back to that place where we get hungry and more desperate for God and His presence and the power of His word and His spirit working in us. Amen. So how do we stay strong? We continue to hunger after God's presence. Second thought, how do we stay strong in the midst of the darkness? You see, we need to encounter God through His Word. You know, I must be a little bit, a little bit out of touch with technology. I'm 51, I can't believe it. Anyway, it's just a number. But I must be out of touch. I discovered something a week ago that is just astounding. It's called the View, the View Version Bible app. I can't believe how amazing that version Bible app is. I mean, it's never, ever been simpler in the whole time of Christianity to commit to a daily devotion. I mean, never, never, ever. You get the version Bible app, I tell you, you will just fall in love with it like I have as well. Absolutely astounding. But, you know, if we're going to stay strong in the midst of darkness, we've got to make sure that we continue to build our lives upon the Word of God. Because Jesus said it's in the Word of God another place that talks about false prophets coming, people coming to deceive the church, to take the church off track from the truth of the word of God. But if we're going to stay strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind, we must continually focus and center our lives around the word of God. Amen? Around the word of God. And the third thought this, this morning, how do we stay strong? We need to encounter God in community with other believers. I believe that one of the great ways that God ministers to our lives is through the lives of other believers. He does. In fact, listen to this scripture there. Someone mentioned it this morning. I think it was Suzanne, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. It says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much so as you see the day approaching. Who loves church? I love church. I love the house of God when we come together for corporate worship, 
But the reality is, you know, we can't do all the stuff that the Bible encourages us to do towards one another on a Sunday service. The format just does not allow that. That's why we need to be in community with other believers, not just doing life together on a Sunday, but doing life together during the week as well. In fact, from the very beginning, God intended us to be in community with Him and with other believers. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it says, The Lord God said, It's not good that a man or woman should be alone. God didn't create us to live a life of loan, especially the walk of faith. He designed us to be in community with other believers. And if we're going to be strong through these dark periods that we're facing, we need to be committed to the presence of God. We need to be committed to the Word of God. And we also need to be committed to a community of God as well. Amen. A small group where we can gather and share our hearts and pray together and encourage one another. I'll just butt in. We have some pastors that are visiting here from... Um, Wollongong. I just wanted to honour you guys this morning. They're on annual leave and I uh, wanted to say thank you uh, for coming and being with us today, guys. We love you. appreciate what you're doing in Wollongong. Amen. It's good to have you guys here. We shared a nice lunch together. Amen. Committed to a place of community with other believers. Why? Because I believe it's through that small community that God has chosen to encourage us and for us to experience His presence through that. Look at this scripture here in Romans chapter 12, verse 5. It says, Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. What I love about the church, I love about the church is this, is everyone is important and everyone is needed. Don't you love God's plan for the church? Everyone is important and everyone is needed. And I believe this, we have to come to a place where we surrender to the truth that we need each other. But you and I can't do this thing called faith and discipleship on our own. We need people in our lives to help us to do that. But there are things that hold us back from understanding that need. And the first thing is this, what stops us is that our culture it glorifies individualism. You know, I'm self-made. I don't need anyone. We've all seen the, the glitzy man or woman with all the things, all the toys, all the stuff, but I just wonder deep down how lonely they must be. God didn't intend us to do life alone, to live individually. He called us to live in community. I mean, another thing that stops us is pride. We, allow, we stop, us, we stop um, realizing the need that we have for one another from pride. This is especially true for men. We can see it as weakness to think that we need other people in our worlds to help us to live, amen? To help us to live a Christ's life. Pride can stop us. The third thing that can stop us is shame. We think to ourselves, if you got to know the real me, and most of us, you know, have found a lot the rest of us. All of us have areas that we struggle in, but it's about being real and getting in community and working out those things together and being transparent with one another in order for God to be able to move through our lives in community. Amen. You get in the picture this morning as I start to conclude? The picture? So I just want to quickly, I'll give you six things in five minutes. Six things in six minutes. Number one, the truth about what, how we, what we need truth that we need each other to grow and six things that 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 help us to grow when we're in community first thought is this by being examples to one another 
Many people make the mistake and think that it's just praying and the Word of God that will bring us into a place of maturity. But I, I don't believe that that Word and prayer alone is enough to bring us to a place of maturity. I believe that we need others inputting into our lives to help us to be mature as well. In fact, look, look at what Paul says. Paul's advice in Philippians 3.17. It says, Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. When Paul would travel to a, a city, to a new city to start a church, Paul was, 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 was Christ incarnate. I mean, mean, Paul was just the living Bible. He, he wouldn't go around preaching per se. Yes, he would, but it was his lifestyle. It was his, his example that people looked at. They were inspired and encouraged by the way that he lived. And as a result of that, that's what impacted so many lives. In fact, when Paul would leave a city... He'd say to them, keep going to the next conference, keep learning the Greek and the Hebrew. No, he'd say this to them. Hebrews, Philippians chapter 4, verse 9. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Listen to this little thought this morning. Christ-like character is built through relationships, not in isolation. Amen? I was having myself on when I said I'd do six in six. Let me give you one more and then we'll conclude. Number two, this is what can really be done and done very well in community. Second thing is this, encouraging one another. You know, we live in such a discouraging world. We're told we're not good enough. We don't look good enough. We're not smart enough. It can feel like all the world wants to do is to pull us down. But look at what the scripture says that we're meant to do. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. First Thessalonians 5.11. The word encouragement in the New Testament often means to come alongside someone. We can't come alongside someone unless we're in community, amen. But when we're in community, we know the struggles that people are facing. We know the trials that are there. We know the difficulties that people are facing, and that's where we can come alongside them, amen. I'm not going to go any further this morning. Why don't we stand to our feet today? We'll conclude there. If I could just have the keyboard and a couple of singers, that would be great. Amen.